Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Ryan Babin from Fort Fairfield, Maine. Ryan is a full-time staff member here at Celebration Center. Welcome, Ryan. Thanks. Well, Ryan, I've been passionate about something lately. I have been really praying for the youth. Something that I feel that is very important is the music today. I know that this music has messages that maybe the people aren't even listening to the words. Will you speak to me about that? Yeah, music is a powerful tool. It is something that you don't need a translation for. Music of itself has been something that can unify people and you don't even have to say a word. You just hit an instrument or strum a chord play on a piano, people can instantly recognize it. So I could go to another country and play the piano and draw people, or vice versa. Someone could be playing something, it could draw me. Music is powerful. It was always God's, and Satan's always been trying to use it whichever way he can. It speaks to people, and there's no translation necessary, so it's very powerful. Well, Ryan, when you buy music for your children, or even as they grow up into teen years, isn't it important for parents to oversee what their kids are listening to? It's like every other aspect of life. If you care about what your kids are into and you care about how they develop, you're going to want to monitor what they're doing, what they're listening, where they're going. Now, I'm not saying that you can control everything because... As we all know, when they get to be teenagers, we do what we want to do, right? If we want to go and listen to something or do something or say something, we have the choice. But as a parent with my kids, you always try to teach them why are you doing what you're doing? There's always a why behind the what. So if it's listening to music, you want to make sure that you're giving something that isn't going to affect them negatively. Not that I'm trying to keep my kids sheltered to the point where they don't know how to deal with negativity or things like that. But I mean, just like you wouldn't let your kid go and play in the road in oncoming traffic, you try to be as godly as you can in what they listen. To empower them to make good choices. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan, you're the worship leader here at Celebration Center. Mm -hmm. And Christian worship music is powerful. How can we reach this generation? How can we reach them through music? There's a billion schools of thoughts on how you can use music to reach youth. But the number one thing is it needs to be biblical. By that, I'm not saying that you have to say Jesus and God Holy Spirit, faith, and Trinity, every other word. You don't have to make it so boxed in like that. But it should be biblical. It should be something that brings glory to God. However, if you're going to affect the youth, you're going to have to be culturally relevant. And just because you're culturally relevant doesn't mean that you're compromising something that God can use to reach them. In my opinion, if you use a style of music, it might not reach them. A certain style, depending on the region and the kid, country might reach kids more than a rap style would reach kids. You have to be sensitive to where you are 
and what people are listening to. And I don't believe that you can be so stiff when it comes to styles of music. When it comes to words, when it comes to that sort of stuff, you can be stiff, you can be rigid, you can say, I'm not gonna compromise on lyrics. But when it comes to styles of music, whatever is gonna reach them. So you have to be culturally relevant. They're not gonna listen to their mama's music. Right. Unless it happens to be in at the moment. Right. You know? <laughs> right. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, I like the lights. I like some of the additions that I've seen in worship. Like you said, it's an addition to it. It doesn't make it. Certainly, it's more inviting. Yeah, it's just some honey. Right. I like to call it honey. It's just eye honey. Right. It does nothing to convey the Holy Spirit. It's not the Holy Spirit. It doesn't fulfill content. It's good to look at. Right. We all have homes or apartments or places that we live. For the most part, lots of us like to live in spaces that appeal to us. Right. So if we have to fix up or throw some paint on or adjust the lights or put some new furniture, we'll do it. And that's all that we are trying to do. It's just a little bit of honey. A little bit of honey. Yeah. Well, what other nuggets could you give me for reaching the youth? I do believe... In music, and I, I encourage the churches to have one night a week for youth. Just isn't cutting it where there's six other nights. Mm -hmm. um, I've been praying that God would raise up some activities, some things for our children, godly, godly activities, outreaches. Any thoughts, nuggets on that? Yeah, it's the old saying that people have said for a long time is that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. So with youth who are changing rapidly and they're going through new things, it seems every day and sometimes moment to moment, they're changing and they're going through things and there's so much happening. I remember as a teenager, it just seemed like there's so many transitions that happen so fast from 13 to 19. To reach a teenager, a youth, you have to play at their level. Now you don't have to play down, you just have to play at their level. You know, it, it's like a game. If you don't know how to play the game, they're not gonna say, come be on my team. But if you can learn how to play the game, if you can learn how to get on their level, if you can show them that you honestly care, you're not trying to manipulate them, you're not trying to tell them what to do, it's getting on their level and showing that you truly love and care for them. And if they don't see that, you're never going to reach them. If they think that you're just trying to get them so you could put a notch on your belt. Oh, you know, I, I brought 50 kids to youth program and we had 100 kids come tonight. If all kids, teenagers are, is a notch so that you could say, I had a big program or we had lots of kids, or look how full it was. That's lacking love. It's vain, and it seeks to kind of validate people who need validation to begin with. And youth will see through it. Eventually they will see if you really care, or if it's lip service. Well, Jesus left the 99 and went after the one, didn't he? Oh yeah, for sure. Thank God he did. Yes. Thank God he looked at that and said, just as important. Ryan, I want to ask you, you're the worship leader here, and you're doing an incredible job. You're an awesome worship leader. Thanks. You know and I, I learned just, it all from Dad. You did. Yeah, I learned it all from Dad. Mark Babin, I tell you what, when he played God on the Mountain, 
as a kid, I mean, that's that's what really took me. It undone me you, in. huh? Oh yeah, life is easy. Watch out. Well, I, I, I gonna <laughs> ask you, um, being a preacher's kid, that's exactly what I was gonna ask you. Did you stay on the straight and narrow? Where where'd you come from, Ryan? What what's what's your story? My story isn't what most people would say typical. In fact, I've heard a lot of people say stuff about like you're not normal. You're not the norm. Um, you had good parents. You seem to have a head on your shoulders. You seem to not have rebelled. Lots of horror stories of pastors' kids who've rebelled, and that's just not my story. So. On one aspect, people say, you're not the norm. So in essence, you're saying, I can't relate to you or I can't really look to you because you didn't seem to go through too much. But it was interesting. I never really got off. I loved my parents. My parents loved me. I had a good life. I never partied. I never drank. I never smoked. I never did drugs. There were other things that I fell short of, and so yeah, I guess I guess my story is not very common. It's People, a good story. It's it's a great testimony of my parents. Amen. Of what they meant to me, and and I was talking with my wife, and we were we were talking about how it just seems. People are like, well, you're not the norm. Um, you didn't have to grow up with a bad parent, or you didn't grow up with a broken home. You didn't grow up with divorce. You can't relate to me. But I, I kind of find it funny because I'm like, well, how do you relate to Jesus? <laughs> because Jesus was perfect. I mean, here's a man, the only person in history, he's perfect. How in the world can you say I'm not the norm when you've given your life to someone who was perfect in every regard? He had great parents. He was a great son. He did everything he was supposed to do. So I think that there's potential in everyone's story. When we try to say you're not relatable, we're putting people in boxes, and we have to steer clear. My life was good, and I'm still living for Jesus. I didn't veer off. My testimony is that I stuck with God. There were ups and downs with certain things, but that's a testimony just as much as someone who had terrible parents, had a terrible upbringing, we all have a story, we all have a testimony, and we have to make sure that we empower and not belittle people. That's right. And you know, I'm thankful today that Jesus, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he wants us all to come towards him. He loved Ryan Babin, even from what well, he formed you in your mother's womb. Mm -hmm. He knit you together. Mm -hmm. He created you for such a time as this. He sure did. So Ryan, I was talking with a pastor in the area, a youth pastor who is feeling called to do more with the youth in our area and to bring churches together. You know, it doesn't matter. Youth is youth, right? So if they're at youth at one church or on one night and youth meeting at another church the next night. We're tearing down walls that separate us. Talk to me about that. I think that it's great to tear down walls that need to be torn down. You know, anything that needs to be rearranged should be rearranged. So if we can all pull together and work together to bring something that youth can benefit from, then great. I'm for any time we can help and compliment other people or other ministries in other towns. Whatever can reach a teenager 
where they're at. To see them change is a great thing. I'm thankful today that our communities care about the youth. Today I was driving in Prescott. The police and the fire trucks were escorting a bus out of town. So I've had to do something with the basketball or something. And I thought, wow, how nice of that mm -hmm. um, to see that, that the community would support our youth like that. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see more. So before we end the program, um, Ryan, I'm going to ask you to pray. But I want to get back to the music. Talk to me a little bit more. I know the worship songs that we sing, the words, they're powerful. I believe that the words that we speak, the words that we say, the words that we believe, it changes us. Mm -hmm. And we know from the Word of God, from what He says, that in the beginning was the Word, the Word is God, the Word is, is powerful. And I want you to talk to me a little bit more about the words in music. There's messages in some of this music. I've seen it, I've heard it even from people that I love that is listening to music that are Christian, but the music isn't good. Mm -hmm. I want to go deeper in that, Ryan. Yeah, well, words are powerful. Point blank, words are powerful. Words reflect how we think, and they also shape what we continue to think about. So in worship music, if our words aren't biblical, if the words don't line up, then what are we doing? We've created a song, and that's where music is powerful, because when you put something to a tune, you know, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, you put it to a tune to teach kids because they can pick it up faster than just repeating A, A. <laughs> I mean, that's boring. So that's why music is so powerful, but in that, there's a warning, because when you have a song that might not line up, with God's commands and his word, you're teaching whoever hears it and replays it, maybe something that shouldn't have been taught. Maybe the theology is funky. So that's why we find in the Bible, he says, none of you should really aspire to be teachers because if you are gonna teach, you're gonna be judged doubly hard because what you teach affects how people live. What you sing affects how people think. It gets inside them. It could become an anthem. I mean, we all have songs that just out of the blue, we remember we start humming along to and we started singing and, and some of them are stupid and we have to say, oh man, don't sing that. There's no fruit in it. You can get hyper analytical with everything or you could be loosey goosey. You could be on either side of the track, but if you're in the middle of the road, and when I say middle of the road, meaning the heart of the Father and the commands and bringing that to glorify God through a song, whether it's like a worship song or a praise song or whether it's just a great song that will lift and encourage other Christians and is biblical. Yeah, words are extremely powerful and there's a lot of songs out there that I don't deem as very valuable and there are a lot of songs that are. Okay, I'll, I'll <laughs> calm down a little bit. I just really feel that that has been very strong on my heart and on my mind that the words in some of these music songs that our kids are listening to, um, there's messages in them. So we're going to pray and um, just ask for wisdom for parents and that a standard would be raised among our youth for music. But I want to ask you, Ryan, as a worship leader, 
there is power in worshiping God. Mm-hmm. There is just power in praising God. You can come into the sanctuary in the presence of God and things turn around in praise. The most discouraging, you can be going through the worst time of your life. It could be a season of devastation and loss. But he says to praise him in all things. Talk to me about that. It's simple. When we get our eyes off our problems and our circumstances and some of the negative thoughts that come with that, we're lifting ourselves out and fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that's the most beautiful thing. I think that's why a lot of times we come and worship before the word because so many people are coming in with problems and with worries and anxiety and fears and concerns and i just had to you know yell at my kids because they're being crazy in the car i know uh, my mom had to yell a few times in the car with us and then she put on that fake christian smile walking in hello but she really wanted to just pinch the underneath of my arm so worship It gets us out of our everyday stuff, especially when you have worship songs that are amazing and biblical and they glorify God, especially for me, worship songs that talk less about I, I, me, me and start using phrases like you and it talks directly to God and it it exclaims who he is and what he's doing because that will change our thinking and that goes right back to our words. So it's so important to be able to come and glorify God and say, you know what? I'm fixing my attention on something else. Amen. Yeah. Amen. For sure. I got to ask you, what's some of your favorite worship songs? Without being too specific on people, they're the songs that talk directly to God. Okay. Not about God, mm-hmm. but they tell him who he is. I love you. Mm-hmm. You are amazing. You are powerful. You're majestic. You lift up the broken. Things that, songs that explain who he is and what he does. Mm-hmm. Instead of just focusing on I'm depressed and I'm sad. and Those are all realities and we need that. We need to talk, but for me, man, I just love songs that truly just lift him up. You know, I love when you said the word amazing, his amazing love. I remember the first time I sang that song, amazing love, how could it be that he would save someone like me, right? Mm-hmm. And from the weaknesses that he sees in me are stripped away by the power of his love. Mm-hmm. Everything goes back to that love message, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then I remember I was just worshiping one day. I was at home and I was worshiping and thanking him for stripping away the weaknesses he sees in me. And then I began to think about someone that maybe wasn't my favorite person. And I thought, oh, and the weaknesses he sees in that person is stripped away by the power of his love. It's It goes all back to that love message, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. He loves and that's... The greatest thing that we're commanded to do is love, right? He loved us as love is spread abroad and everyone who believes in him. And it's reciprocal. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about marriage. It's the reason I I believe he brought it to show us that reciprocal love that was supposed to be unselfish and unforceful. And it seeks to put others first and put their needs first. And love is powerful. It is the one thing that people are looking for everywhere. Amen. They want to be loved. They want to know what love is. The world has 
a completely distorted picture of love, but there is still his love for them. He loves them. He wants to see them come to him and have the truest definition of love. Amen. Amen. Well, Ryan, I uh, we're out of time, but I want you to pray. And I want you to pray. If you'd pray for our youth and pray for the music and however you want to pray, but that's just so such a burden right now for me. It's such a just a passion to see a movement here in our area with the youth and across this nation and to the nations. Will you pray? Mm-hmm. Sure. Jesus, we thank you, first of all, that you loved us. And in this entire message and from who you seek to reach and for those who call you Jesus, everything is really rooted in your love for us and our love for you. So I'm praying that your love is shown to the teens and the youth in our communities, Father. Above all, that your people would be vehicles and vessels of that love. We're going to be the hands and feet to your love. And like I said before, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. So, Father, let the love that you spread abroad in our hearts mm -hmm. be used to reach teenagers. Amen. We know that you have a purpose and a plan for their life. You have a destiny for their life, Father. And we thank you for the tremendous responsibility of loving our teenagers in our community. They're going through tons of stuff, especially the way the world is today. They are bombarded with so many things, but your love is always right there. You're always right there. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to go and prepare the hearts of these teenagers in our towns and that you would prepare the hearts of us as your sons and your daughters to go and love them and meet them where they're at that you would show us how to use techniques and tactics to draw them to you father we're never going to compromise the word but we will use the methods of today the methods that don't compromise who you are and who we are to you, Father. So we believe and declare that it's going to happen. There's a humongous harvest out there for us, and we just pray you prepare the laborers. I mean, that's really what it comes down to, Father. Prepare those who are called laborers and co-laborers with you, Father. We prepare the hearts of those people to have a burden for the youth in our area. And we thank you, Father. You're amazing. We thank you that you are always loving and working in us, that you will show us the areas of our life that we need to see correction in. We thank you for Angel and for the burden that she has for everyone around her, Father, for the tremendous heart that she has for those who are lost. And uh, I pray a blessing upon her. I pray you give her wisdom, Father, in every endeavor she puts her hands to. And we thank you right now, Lord. And in your name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you, Ryan. You're and welcome. Thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.